Humorous Nurses with Kelly and Alicia. The podcast that's perfectly mediocre but apparently still interesting. <laughs> oh my god. Welcome to episode 14 of Two Humorous Nurses where we plan to bring you funny, informal, conversational chat about all things nursing. And today we are talking about nursing personality types and specialties Ooh. which is pretty exciting. This is something we talked about very early on. About yeah. Doing, and I think I was inspired by this like comedian who's a nurse and... <laughs> Just talking about personality types in nursing in that there's like the old whale <laughs> and then there's dolphins, like they're the young, like perky. Uh, yeah. Like, um, That's a very bad enthusiastic dolphin. <laughs> <laughs> that was pretty good. And then there's like penguins that like huddle people together and like are there to support them. Am I there a There was another one. I can't remember. I'll have to. Mm. Oh, we'll have to have a look at it. I want to be a penguin. But um, I think that was what sort of inspired it because it was very funny and very true. Was it like a skit? Yeah, it was a stand-up oh, comedian yeah. just doing oh. like a, a bit. Oh, I'm gonna Google that. Yeah, it was great. Yeah, yeah. it's just very funny, and because it, <laughs> it was about nursing, you just you like yeah. mate, can relate. I took a couple of personality tests, and then you made me take. Yeah, them. I did. <laughs> <laughs> I did that Gretchen Rubin one that you were talking about. That's right. And I was the obliger. Obliger. Mm. Come up, tell. Of course, you're an obliger. You do everything you're told. You're a good girl. Yeah. I know. And you do you, but did you find that interesting that obligers don't keep their internal expectations? Like they don't yes. really. Yeah. And is that you to a T? Yeah. So you you'll happily please everybody else yep. at the and please yourself at the last cost. So I like to think that I will please myself and do all those things that you want to do. Like I wanna, you know, yeah, to make yourself happy. Mm. But I'm more likely to do that for other people, yeah. like to make other people happy because yeah. I like to see other people happy. So, I'll so you've got to have somebody else keep you accountable. That's yeah. the way that you're going to and achieve And then sometimes things. I get really upset because I'm a Cancerian as well. I get really upset that other people don't do the same thing for me. Mm. And then I forget that Everyone's just because different. I'm the kind of person that if I hear someone's sick or unwell, you I'll go around really and drop stuff like off or yeah. like I try because that's what I would want, but I very rarely get it back. And that's okay. It just every now and again, I'm like... Mm. Why doesn't anyone think of yeah. me? Yeah, kind of and then yeah. when they do think of me, I'm all like, "Oh, that's just awkward. Like you didn't have to do that. Please don't do that." Like, <laughs> you know, because it's, you know, I, I, yeah, I can understand where you're coming from. It's funny because I struggle to keep the, because I'm the opposite to you. Mm. I'm a questioner, so I struggle to keep the external expectations, unless I think that they're reasonable. Of course, yeah, <laughs> um, but find it very easy to meet my own expectations. So if I set myself a goal, there's a good chance I'm going to achieve yeah. it, the, unless. Unless I decide that achieving that goal no longer serves a purpose yeah. to me, then I will happily let it go. But, yeah. um, you know, if I said I'm going to lose five kilos in a month, then I'll just do it. Like it, mm. it literally – if I just – if I set my sights on something and and can fathom why it's going to be good for me yeah. or why I need to do it, then done. Yeah. It, it's set in stone, which I think is pretty cool. But then I frustrate myself a bit because – I get myself into trouble when I don't meet those external expectations. This is getting a little bit off topic, but it's really interesting. Um, Gretchen Rubin has a thing called um, you're either a marathoner or you're a sprinter, right? She says that if you're a marathoner, you if you've got a task or if you've got a project or something, you will do bits at a time and then you will achieve it in time, well and truly in time, and then you'll submit it. If you're a sprinter like me, you'll get four weeks to do it and you won't start it until three and a half weeks and yep. then it's due in a few days. So it, And then that works for some people. Yeah. But 
I'm a sprinter, but I secretly want to be a marathoner. I was going to say, what if you're a little bit of both? Well, some people, it, whatever, it, it's like what works for you kind of thing. Mm. So, like, if you're a sprinter and that works for you, then that's fine. Because if you do your best work in that last four days, yeah. you're fine. But yeah. if you are submitting shitty work yeah. just because you're a procrastinator, <laughs> yeah, not because you're doing your best work in that time. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> So with nursing, I did. We've done a little bit of research for this one. We have, <laughs> yeah. Shocking. Mm. Well, you actually did way more than I. Did. I mean, I I went Look, to the effort it was to print sp- everything it out was a and then forgot it yeah. I did it today <laughs> <laughs> after I got my hair done. Not washing my own hair. I anymore. think the first time I researched this was like early last or you know mid last yeah, year no, when we were recording. We, so yeah. yeah, but then it all went out the window. Yeah, and then you sprinted. Yeah. <laughs> um. So we looked at what type of um, personality quizzes and things that that nursing organisations made of might have used. So mm. um, everything I found was American. Yeah. Um. So about twenty percent of organisations still do some personality testing as part of their recruitment process. Which I think is that's kind of good. Well, I mean, it isn't. It isn't because you can fake a personality test. That's true. Like you it's can not just difficult write the to do. That they might want to. Hear. Yeah. Yeah. Personality in nursing has gone hand in hand for like decades, like like over seventy years. I found a study from the nineteen fifties which talked about using a personality test called the Edwards Personal Preference Schedule, uh, which was created by a psychologist at the University of Washington. <laughs> Washington. Where's whereabouts is Washington, Kelly? It's uh. Yep. Washington. Washington. Yeah. <laughs> um, anyway, so they looked at nurses between the ages of 16 and 85. God bless those 85-year-old nurses out there. Fucking <laughs> hell. And basically... What are they doing? <laughs> I just picture like some old nurse working in a dentist's office and he's like, can you get me the whatever? And she's, you know, just walking can I real just slow. Say, get the, yeah. Brings it back. When you think of nurses... What, do you automatically think of female or male? Female. Right. This study that I read and it was like 18 pages long and it was like someone had photographed every page and put it on the internet because obviously it was pre, <laughs> pre-internet. You know, um, it referred uh, the nurses as he's because women didn't exist back then clearly. You know, in well, the 50s. and I wondered. It was very interesting the, the way that it was written and I noticed that almost straight off the mark. So this hmm. Edward's personal preference schedule covers 15 personality variables. Can, can you tell us what they are? Yep. Achievement, so the need to accomplish a task well. Deference, a need to conform to customs uh, and defer to others. Order, the need to plan well and be organised. Exhibition, a need to be the centre of attention. Autonomy, the need to be free of responsibilities and obligations. Affiliation, a need to form strong friendships and attachments. Interception, a need to analyse behaviours and feelings of others. Succurrence, Mm. a need to receive support or attention from others. Dominance, a need to be a leader or an influence over others. Degradation, a need to accept blame for problems and confess errors. Nurturance, a need to be of assistance to others. Change, a need to seek new experiences and avoid routine. Endurance, a need to follow through on tasks and complete assessments. Uh, heterosexuality, a need to be associated with and attracted to members of the opposite sex. What? How is that? Fifties. Uh, Aggression, a need to express one's opinion and be critical of others. So, in order to do this scale, they basically had, um, I think it was like two hundred and twenty-five questions, and they covered all the areas multiple times in order yep. to get a continuation a, and, yeah, a, yeah. and a um, accuracy. Yeah. Yeah. 
back in the 50s and 60s, the nurses that were tested, they scored significantly higher than other population norms for the need for order and endurance and lower for the need of dominance. Because you do your job and get it done. That would be... I think if if they took if nurses these days took those exact tests, it'd be totally different. Oh, hundred percent different. And when I think about my grandmother, who was a nurse, she um, when I looked at her like scorecards mm. for nursing, she scored very highly on cleanliness because mm. <laughs> you know you can clean a syringe and some bandages. <laughs> but she said to me like, you know, you would all have to be ready at a certain time, and all your patients, you know, mm. you can imagine on these big long wards mm. with just beds down the side. They all had to be in bed laying with the bed sheets on, on their backs, exactly like. 30 centimetres off the ground and the mm. matron would walk down with the head doctor measuring the bed sheets because that is the most important task and yeah. your patients just had to look good. It's they incredible all, how much nursing has changed. Isn't it? Like mm. now, like she would say to me, and I'm talking when I first started like 20 years ago, she'd say, I can't believe you would talk to your manager like that. And I'm like, but she's just, I know she's my manager, but, but she's, she's also, yeah, like we're... Cool. Why, like yeah. I qu- you like to question things. Yeah, like you're allowed to question. Yeah. Like back in her day, you just did what you were told. You followed orders. You had endurance to finish your task. Yes. And you had no need for dominance. And I can totally understand. Clearly, you couldn't be gay. No, yeah, well, apparently. <laughs> Jesus Christ. It's interesting nursing back then attracted people who were, you know, scored highly in order, like an organisation. Yeah. Because if you think – I mean – in nursing nowadays, it's Murphy's law. If you're organised, something's going to throw <laughs> a spanner in the works. Like you cannot be organised to be a nurse. I don't. Some of the best nurses are the most disorganised people in the world. I mean, we organise our day in oncology. We have a calendar. We slot people in. We have allocated times. But yeah. it only takes one thing to throw off that allocated yeah, time, yeah. which throws off your allocated because you have chairs. You got to fill them. And oh god, like you have, you start your week with lots of order, and mm. by Thursday night, you go and home and have a glass of wine. So because yeah. <laughs> order's I, gone, <laughs> I'm not a naturally organised person. It's something I've really had to learn. But I like to be prepared. Is that are you more organised at work than you are in your real life? Way more. Because at work, I have like how I do things. I like order on my trolleys. Yeah. And working in theatre, when you're a scrub yes. nurse, like I, yeah, have a, have I had a specific be. setup, yeah. and my trolley was the same for no matter what. I knew where everything was. Yeah. But in my real life. My house is like cluttered. I, I do you know? Mick I don't used make to my say, bed. I I used to. Mick and I used to talk about um, me having two personalities. Mm. Like I have a work me and a home me. Yeah. And I said I use up all of the good oh. parts of my brain at work, and 100%. I come home and I my brain's like <laughs> porridge. Like there's no functioning. It's dripping out my ears. Yeah. And the organisation is something I've totally had to learn. I've never been a naturally organised mm. person. I've always wanted to be prepared and I have yeah. aspects of that type A of like wanting my books to be contacted. But that was only because it looks lovely mm. and not because I'm naturally that way of being yeah. super organised. It starts that way and then yeah. turns to disaster. Yeah. Um. But at work now, that organisational skills are learned skills and I know – how I can organise to a degree so that my yeah. day functions. And, like, I keep little lists for myself at yeah. work when I'm in yeah, charge. Yeah, same. And then I just cross them off as I go yeah. because – and that was the first thing I did when I first started. I was like, I need to write a list because I'm going to forget everything mm. that people are telling me. So then I used to just write a list and stick it up where mm. um, near the phone. So then, you know, even if you got called away, you'd come back and you've still got your list. So I'm – I never used to be a list person, but I know that lists mm. work for me. Yeah. So I've adopted that. Yeah. Kind of, um, it's interesting how, um, yeah, how you have to adapt over time, like time management. I've always been very, very good at time management, but oh, like 
slotting that into my work day mm. sometimes is difficult, but you can still stay on it. I went to a study day. Um, uh, it was like run by this amazing woman who had worked in HR, became a HR manager, then thought she was going to go and become a lawyer. I went did and this become with a you. lawyer. Was it the same day? Mm. Oh, I didn't know. She was amazing. Yeah, so she's brilliant. And we did the um, the birds. Mm. Which bird are you? And I, it blew my mind because I think personalities are so cool. And this is why you t- joke and call me a peacock because yeah, because you are, and you're a dove, surely. I don't, I don't remember, but I oh, feel like bullshit. I would be. Oh, bullshit, you'd be a dove. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like there's a scale. It's like doves are at the bottom, then there's like owls, and then there's peacocks, and then there's eagles. And the doves are your nurturing type. And, and the, the lady who ran the study day was like, doves are your classic nurses. They are mm. the caregivers. They're the kind ones. They're, the, yeah. they're introverted. Um, and that nursing attracts these people because they like looking after people and they like building relationships. And it's just so interesting. you got then the owls who are super organised people, really rigid. Like I could see that a lot of owls would have been nurses back in the day. And then there's the peacocks who um, more like creative types, a bit more outspoken. Showy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, and then there's eagles who are the dominant, like soars. They're the CEOs of the world. Yeah. And so yeah. I scored quite highly in the peacock eagle, like, yeah. and then very low in the dove owl. Yeah. But then I think as you grow and mature, if you take those tests again, you end up balancing mm. a bit more from each yeah. category. Like I think I'm definitely a bit more organised now than I was. And back in then, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, like I think it's a fluid thing because yeah. you obviously everybody changes. Yeah, so you, for sure. you have to grow and change through your life. There's no way you can. And experiences and life experiences and family experiences, that was another thing in one of those real old studies was that family um, plays a huge – like your role in a family plays a huge mm. role on your sense of self and therefore a role in your career choices because as you change in your family, probably more so for women than yeah, men, I would, yeah. but um, as you change in your family role, so too do your career goals and aspirations. I can totally understand that. So that was actually something that's come up recently about, I guess I've always been naturally ambitious um, when it comes to my career, but there's always been like obviously the accident, a few things that sort of put my goals and my um, ideas on hold, I guess. Um, but that still didn't stop me from progressing no. Oh, and then also like in the theatre community, I've always been really ambitious and really wanting to get involved in the theatre community. And then someone messaged me the other day saying like, oh, we'd love for you to direct a show next year, like this year coming, like towards the end of the mm. year. And the, my first thought was, I think my priorities are going to be different. Mm. And maybe I'm not going to be as involved in things that yeah. I was before. Maybe I'm not going to be as ambitious. Maybe I'm not going to be so driven to achieve certain things for myself, but more so for my baby Mm. and my family like and it's really true like when I used to do my PDPs I could fill those out for days I had tons of goals I knew what I wanted every year I knew what I wanted to do every year and then my first PDP after coming back from having my baby I was like can I just put my goal as like leaving on time for the shift yeah like, so I can get home to my baby. Yeah, like yeah. I honestly – and I've really struggled ever since. I mean, as I've gone into new areas, I, I get new goals, yeah. wanting to complete education and things like that. Which but you I have really studied a lot the a last lot. couple yeah, of years. Yeah, yeah. I think because we moved and, mm. and I just shook things up a bit. But you want and needs change and I think um, – and with that comes personality change mm. and also will come change in, in the areas that you want to work because you're no longer maybe necessarily like – as much as I loved theatre, I couldn't work in theatre anymore. Mm, yeah. Um, 
And is that because just, it didn't suit your lifestyle anymore? Or yeah, be, yeah. Yeah. And so like now I'm in an area which is highly emotional and I always try to stay away from highly emotional areas mm. because I am a highly emotional person. Yeah. I know that about myself. And now that I'm in this area and like from these um, quizzes that we've done, like we did the Maya Briggs one, which is very common, um, and they look at sort of different areas. And I be- I came out a defender, a turbulent defender. You can look that up for yourselves. Yeah, but you have to look that up. Basically, it um, means that I am very nurturing and have lots of feelings. I'm a more feelings than I am a thinker. And like it's all these things that basically means that oncology is the perfect place for me to work, so like cool. when it comes down to it. And then there's another one that we looked at, um, the DISC personal profile system which looks at four areas dominance influence steadiness and conscientiousness um so if we relate it to like high crit care areas versus oncology areas so if we look at like icu nurses with the briggs meyer they usually show highly in the areas of sensing feeling and perceiving um, which shows that they value autonomy freedom and making things happen while non-icu nurses are predominantly intuitive feeling and perceiving and that they value um, integrity, healing and facilitating growth for others. The um, DISC system, they work on just four areas and with ICU, they're mostly likely to be people that are high in the dominance area. Oh, so you they can totally like understand action, that. action, quick decisions, immediate results, problem solving and troubleshooting that, and being in charge. <laughs> <laughs> That's ED, crit care, leadership and management roles. Yeah. And then there's like the – I only looked at two areas because I just looked at what would suit you and me. Okay, <laughs> sure. And then the high influence scores describes a person that's focused on people and establishing relationships. They seek a work environment of compatibility, teamwork, openness, optimism and creative ideas. So they might like to talk, tell stories. They might mm. say that the best part of nursing is the people or co-workers or patients um, and they're likely to gravitate mostly towards psych and mental health oncology mm. med surge or peds well if you think about of course you, like i would never go into oncology because building relationships with people is not the reason i got into nursing it's not the yeah. reason that i like nursing um sometimes it is like sometimes i i can leave a shift and go oh that was so nice like i had a really good rapport with that family or whatever like but then it's over but yeah you might not see them on the next re- shift i'll never see them again yeah. maybe and so i think that's why there's a difference between if you look at um, oncology or renal or those kind of areas mm. where you get to know your patients on a very personal level. You get to know their families. You get to know what they're going through. You have high hopes for their recovery. Mm. Um, you know, you've got a lot to do with their allied health team. You're heavily involved in their life. And I think you've got to be a person that thrives on that and not somebody who's drained by that like yeah. me. Like if I ended up in one of those areas, I wouldn't stay there very long because I wouldn't it, it doesn't help me thrive. Like yeah. um, like that whole thing about those areas, you want growth for other people. Yeah. That's not something that I reflect, like that I relate to at all. Yeah. And whereas I look at something like ICU or something being more rewarding for me yeah. because I feel like you are, you're achieving outcomes for these patients quickly. Yeah. And that, that's something that I actually find And you're more autonomously. Yeah. It's usually just you, your patient and the doctor uh, or yeah, the treating yeah. team. There's, you're not having multiple like I have multiple patients in oncology that I'm working with that I've got relationships with that I've formed these bonds with and and you know I could do ICU but I would 
not thrive in there. And you'd be ringing their family wanting to have a chat <laughs> every day. <I> just <laughs> trying to wake them up from their sedation. So they can talk Hello. to you. Yeah. Are well, you okay? <laughs> Do you know, it's funny, I really enjoyed recovery. Like I was um, – when I worked in theatre, and I think we like we have to talk about theatre personality because you know I think quite similarly to ICU, yeah. that whole need for order, the need for organisation, the need for yeah. tasks, and theatre is like a machine. It's like mm. get them in, operate, get them out, recover, out, and the relationship is mm. is so tiny. Like you have you if you're scrubbing or scouting, you you have no relationship. You might with your not even look at that patient you might until you're about to. Just Put a drape over them That's and they're unconscious. You might not see them until you like you literally turn around. And you're like, oh, they're prepped and draped. Like, yeah, <laughs> and don't refer in theatre. Often don't refer to them by their name. So no. they're just like, you know, they might be bringing them in. And they're like, oh, you got the chirp, yeah, or you've got, you've got, got yeah, like yeah. you're not. You, they're it's depersonalised, and that's why I think like. You know, and patients say, oh, you know, you're maintaining their dignity in theatre, but you're mm. also not looking at a person and thinking, look at their that boobs. they've got a family. Or you like, could, yeah, you're just yep. looking at the surgical area that you're operating on. Yeah. And I think I really enjoyed theatre pre-baby yep. because it was fun and it was exciting and I could get in, I could do my job. Yeah. I had control of the situation. I didn't need to have any, you know, it was fun environment. Yeah, I had yeah. great relationships with the doctors. Yeah. And then I go home and I live my fun life with mm. my husband and, yep. you know, and then I had a baby and all those emotions and hormones that come with it never left. I cry at TV commercials, like, <laughs> for God's sakes. And I go went into theatre and I was working in, you know, I did a lot of um, breast cancer people and there was people my age or mm. people my age with kids and I started to think bloody hell like that could be me you're or gonna like, say fuck why? then why did yeah. you not stop yourself from saying <laughs> <I don't know. laughs> and then I could be like you know like why does she having boobs like she's 19 years old she doesn't need breast implants look at those perfect boobs like and I started to think about these people as people and yeah. I I started to get really triggered by it and then mm. you know I went back to the wards and that was pretty shit and now that I'm in an area where I form these relationships with patients i work very hard on letting it all go yeah yeah um because i have to but they're part of and because we're in a small town like they Mm. become part of your life like you still see people down the street yeah you know it's i have very few patients that i have memories of or who will last in my brain Mm. have the first patient that ever died Mm. on my shift and i have half a dozen from where we work now yeah it's interesting for me in theater i Yep, loved scrubbing and scouting. That was great because I was like, blood and guts. And yeah, this is exactly mm, what I want to be doing. Life. Yep, love <laughs> it. And then I transitioned into anaesthetics, like as part of my rotation as a grad. And I was like, this is freaking cool. You get to chat to people, see why they're having their surgery, you know, see what's on for the weekend, and then put them to and like have a little bit of a relationship. And, you know, it makes me think of Fight Club, the movie, how he talks about um, single serving friends on planes. It's kind of like that you get that little bit of gratification, bit of small talk, oh, have a bit yeah. of a chat and a giggle, they off leave. they go to sleep and then you never see them again. And and then so I'd love anesthetics. I'm like, oh, you get to have a chat with the patient, get to know them a little bit and you get to work closely with the anaesthetist, which is nice. And then I went to recovery and I was like, this is even better because <laughs> you like got <laughs> unconscious patients and then they wake up and they're feeling, you know, you give them a bit of pain relief, solving all their problems and off they go. Yeah. And so like I found ways to be satisfied in each area, but I found anaesthetics and recovery the most satisfying. And I think yeah. recovery probably even more so because you've got that 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 heavier level, like that bigger level mm. of autonomy. Like you can, um, you can bag a patient while 
you know, you're waiting for some the doctor yeah. or whatever, or you, and you can you've got that that five minutely obs and having one patient, and then once they're stable, you might get a second one, yep. but then the first one's on its way out. Like I loved that quick turnover and the you're assessing them constantly too, yeah. so you're busy, but you're not busy sweating naked. Yeah, like it's a nice kind of busy. And I think if we talk about if we just forget about like these fancy personality type mm. traits that we're like if it comes down to it, we all know there's like a handful of nurses in the world and they're just the lazy ones, <laughs> the ones that they, they're avoiding their anything. And then you've got your ones that bounce in at, you know, 10 to 7 in the morning and they're like fucking happy as shit and yeah. you're like, calm down. <laughs> and they're like love every patient. They love life. They're just so happy. And then you've got the grumpy old biddies that, you know, are 85 and need to retire because yeah, they've – Because they're 85. Five. <laughs> but they've been there so long yeah. that you also love them because yeah. they're so full of knowledge. Not up-to-date knowledge necessarily because they can't <laughs> – you know, they don't <laughs> like to they study. They computers. Yeah. <laughs> And I think like those basic um, – and I think there's um, – is it Nurse Liam or one of them? He does funny skits oh my God, yes. on like the nurses that come in and out of um, shift, like when they do like shift handover yeah, and, yeah. So, and it always makes me laugh because I always good. think of you. Like <laughs> Some of them I'm like eh. – Sometimes I, when we used to do group handover, I'd be like, righto, that's enough. Keep going. Like, because oh, people just interrupt down. and Stop like, talking. oh, mate, it's so exhausting. And that makes you bitter, I reckon. Like, it's like the, with the other peacock that we work with and he tells you a story. Like, you could – because he knows everyone's <laughs> been town 70-odd years <laughs> and he, like, tells you – He'll be like, you know, they, they lived in um old mates. You know the house yeah. of the plate people that used to own that, that hardware like, store? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and you're like, fuck, man, this is not serving me uh, any uh, purpose. And, and depending who else is on shift, that, that conversation goes could, 15 yeah, minutes. Mate, oh. And I don't care if it's starting my shift. I'm happy to sit there because – then it, you know, because she's going to yeah, go for another eight hours, whatever. <laughs> like, I don't care. But if I'm like wanting to go home, mm. hurry up. So we talked a bit before about the Maya Briggs type personality testing that is probably the most common, one of the most common well, testings. I, I did that test. Yeah, I sent it to you. I was like, do this. <laughs> and it got me. I'm, I couldn't so believe how accurate. Because okay. like, we talked earlier, I was a turbulent defender, but I yes. didn't really explain it. So yes. what, do you, what were you? So I was a commander, which of course. <laughs> Of course I am. I got 54% extroverted. I got 71% introverted. Oh, my God. Um, 55% intuitive. I got 66% observant. Oh, yeah, because that's the opposite, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. So that's where our energy type stuff. I got 53% thinking. I think a lot of mine were kind of even, really quite even, yeah. I got 71% feeling. Oh, for see, that, yeah, which makes so me very sensitive and emotional. Yeah, thinking versus feeling, which Less makes competitive. Sense. Yeah, so I'm <laughs> I'm more competitive, more logical. More focused on social harmony, which I think you yeah. just don't care. You just do what serves you. <laughs> um, I got uh, 53% judging. Yeah, 57%. That's on our – that means um, – the opposite so to the that is prospecting. Things, yeah, yeah, so it means we're decisive, thorough, organised. Yeah. yeah, value, clarity, predictability and closure. That's sensible. And this is the kicker for me, 86% assertive. <laughs> I couldn't believe it when I saw that. I'm like smack bang in the middle. I'm 51% turbulent, which just makes me a little bit more self-conscious, sensitive to stress, wide range of emotions. Oh, did you write down what was the opposite of like for your identity for that assertiveness? No. The little bit that come with it? What do you, oh, yeah. So down here it says um, role. 
analyst and then strategy people mastery. Oh yeah, it's very interesting. Like to to look at it and uh, sort of do a bit of self reflection. Yeah, um, I think the the thing that got me was natural born leader, which for some reason I've known that. Like I've um, I must have done a personality test as a kid or something, and yeah. it was like leadership roles and my mum went to a psychic when I was a kid I know you don't fully believe in psychics but they had said to my mum that I was going to be like influential and that I was going to be a leader of some of some sort and so in my head I've always been like well I'm a leader (laughs) (laughs) when I did the um when I did the grad cert on leadership management they talked about your types of management styles and your leadership abilities and stuff and that most leaders are naturally born leaders like Mm. that's just how they are but you can learn to be a leader so that's something that I after doing that course really made me want to do like push myself to make myself a better leader because I'm not naturally a leader yeah um it's really it's really interesting like and it's interesting how you choose things like when we when I moved to where we work I thought definitely like management's what I want I wanted to be Mm. The Don with their black little black bag with a <laughs> bag of treats, and I, you know, I thought, yep, that's what I want to do. And then the more I got open to to new roles, like now I'm in on in oncology where I am, and I'm very small unit, so I don't I don't lead a lot of people, mm. but I feel really comfortable doing that. And now I feel like maybe one day I might do director management. of nursing yep. or, or management at that level. But I'll be much older. Mm. I feel like I need. I'm not. I'm not ready for that yet. I mm. don't want that. I like having this patient contact, and I think to sit in an office, I would really miss that at this point in my nursing career. Yeah, yeah. For and sure. then I think maybe if I don't get it, it doesn't matter. Yeah. Also, well, like I've changed a lot, and there's so many. Yeah, I totally agree with you. Like having changed a lot, and in what you want and what your goals yeah. are. Yeah. Because I think I was. I'm never satisfied. Like I. I I cannot believe I've been in this job as long as I have. But then obviously I took a hiatus like to go and do yeah. education, which doesn't surprise me at all. Because if I see an opportunity that I think is going to benefit me, I'm going to go for it. Yeah, of course. And I'm always changing my mind about what I want to do. And that's why I've never committed to postgrad study because yeah. I really want to do my crit care. But then I also think it's a big commitment. And once you go through the crit care training, the money it costs mm-hmm. to do crit care, yeah. the amount of placement, you've got to get a contract, you've got to leave yeah. your job. So like I had thought about taking like 12 months leave without pay to go and do my crit care and then come back and be highly skilled at my current, you know, <laughs> Which my is current work. really necessary. Well, but then I already feel like, oh, well, I'm pretty skilled, but I wouldn't say, I, I still, there's so much I don't know. Mm. And I think part of my personality is that I'm always, and this was something that came from this, it just absolutely resonated me with me and I think I sent it to you that I'm always looking for opportunities for personal growth. Yeah. And I think that's where my unsettledness yeah. comes from because I'm always trying to – I'm always looking for what's next. So I've got a friend who's exactly like that who um, I'm really hopeful we can get her on as a um, guest oh, soon. Yes. She's exactly the same. She is the only person that I know that is like, I'm going to do this does it and then is like right now I've done that so now I'm going to do this yeah yeah uh, then she's done it and then like currently because of COVID she's like trapped in Australia heaven forbid <laughs> and um you know she's been now at the same job for ages and I she's I can just see her like chomping at the bit because she wants to move on to the next yes. thing and she's currently stuck I get unable like to move on to the yeah. next thing yeah and I think um you know she always has these goals and these plans and when she doesn't and they change a lot like they're always constantly changing she's a very fluid person nothing with her is ever the same like I met her on the first day of uni and that person that I met on the first day of uni is like 
now at Personality 100 since then. Like wow. she's just this amazing person and I think that is not – like she says to me, how can you be happy here? Yeah. How can you be happy in this house with the same man <laughs> and the same job? The like same aren't kid. you bored? And I was like, no, nah, I'm pretty content. Yeah. And she's like, oh, God. Well, it's like, funny what, what also satisfies people, like what, what causes contentment in some people. Like I will never, ever say that I'm done or settled in my work. Mm. ever and I even Mick and I even spoke about moving so that I could work in a bigger hospital and yeah like do my quick care at a trauma yeah. center or and we talked about wherever wherever we move away from here yeah I want the opportunity to work in a big metro yeah. or a big big hospital and I feel like this is the difference between you um like six seven years out versus me 20 oh, odd yeah. years out and now that I am in a job that's Monday to Thursday I'm like have work-life balance I'm so like content yeah yeah like I love it and I think my now I'm like finding time for me Mm -hmm. and I wonder how much that will change my um obliging Mm. um role if I will find time to to do those things for me and I think even since starting the podcast and just saying look you know to my mother-in-law can you please pick my daughter up today because I need to record the podcast yeah um and taking that time to to choose me and not other people which I've always done mm. has been really good and I think um you know and as we've got a lot of new grads that have just started and nursing students who you know you don't have to pick your um forever pathway no you don't have to pick that now like you can pick it over time and you can chop and like as you said you can go from peds to theater to education to management to you know you can chop and change and, and yeah. work in heaps of different hospitals mm. and and see what's out there and eventually you'll find what you love and then stick with it but mm. guess what you might not love it forever and it might change yeah that's it, it might change because other personalities around you piss you and off enough to and move your, on or your life changes too like i wonder how much how much for me like is having this baby going to change all of my priorities mm. do you know what i mean like i always have really valued my own identity as as a woman and as um you know, I never want to lose the things that I enjoy. I never want to lose who I am because I become a mum. Yeah. And I've wondered... I struggled my with goals that twice be in my life, mm. that losing my identity. I struggled when I married my husband and had changed my name oh, wow. to his because I was, you know, like 33 or something when I got married. Mm. And I highly identified with my surname. Yeah. I... It was attached to a family that I love. Mm-hmm. It, that family is known in areas, and I just, I just loved it. And then, the, and I wanted to change my name because I wanted to have the same name as my children. So, yep. you know, because I didn't have, I've never had the same name as my mum since I was three years old. Yeah. So for me, all my brothers, like it, it really meant a lot to me to have my husband's name. Yeah. The day I went and changed them all, at like Medicare and driver's mm. license and all that, I just spent the whole day crying. Oh my god! I was so sad about it. I, I like it devastated me. But not in a bad way, just yeah. in a way that was giving up my identity. When I fell pregnant, the same, same thing. thing. I had Amelia. She changed my whole life. She changed everything. She changed the trajectory of my career mm-hmm. and my goals in theatre. I stopped being Kelly. I started being Amelia's mum. Yeah. I still to this day am Amelia's mum. Yeah. And I think I have it on my like Instagram bio. I have like wife, mother, nurse, 
podcast host. <laughs> and then underneath I write, not always in that order. Mm. Because I, you know, I used to be the, per- I used to just be Kelly. Mm. And now people are like, oh, oh you're Amelia's mum. Or you go to work and they're like, where's Amelia? Who's got Amelia? Who's looking mm. after me? Not one person ever asked my husband that. No, exactly no one right. gives two shits from him. No. Like where he, and it used to frustrate me so much that I, I'd stopped being who I was because mm. now I had a baby. Mm. And I think that's the one thing about motherhood that I hate is that I'm no longer Kelly, mm. the nurse. Like I, I'd been a nurse for longer than I've been a wife or a mother. But you'll get that back. Well, I feel like I've got it back a bit now. Yeah. But I I mean, I'm eight years on being a mum, mm. but I still struggle with that loss of identity. Yeah. Like it's interesting. I wonder if you – because I, I suppose because I am such a, a feelings person mm. and I have, you know, high emotions and – I and am I, see it's funny I am quite an emotional person but it's the empathy that that I struggle yeah. with but when it comes to um my family and when it comes to me I'm quite emotionally intelligent but mm. it's the it's other people's emotions don't always affect me it's yes. but I am emotional when it, when I, it's my own yeah. thoughts and feelings like yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So it's complicated. It's I'm complicated. I'm just complicated. Inward thing versus yeah. the external, yeah. your internal and emotions versus the external emotions. I don't worry about my identity changing because I feel like it will be a welcome change because I've wanted Mick and I to be a family for such a long time. Yeah. And we've been together seven or eight years. Yeah. And, and yeah, seven years. And, you know, that's always been a, the desire for me. Is and, and it's interesting actually that when I had the car accident – the night I came home from the hospital, the first thing, like, I was just laying there crying. Mick's like, what's wrong? And I was like, I just want to have a baby. Mm. And because I didn't realise my craving for family was just so intense mm. and my craving to have to be his family and mm. for us to have be a family that was so intense. Like, and it, it I only realised it at that moment because I was like, I could have lost everything mm. and I never would have had a family yep. with you. And... You know, that was a huge – and I had a huge identity crisis after that. Mm. So I, I don't worry about my identity changing when I become a mum. I think it's inevitable to mm. change your identity when you become a parent. But I also feel like I don't want to lose the idiosyncrasies and, and the things that make me me. And I I'm think a, you're a strong enough person, though, that you won't. Like, I think you – in all of your personality traits, it'll just slot into your life, like another aspect of you mm. and who you are. Like, I honestly just think that you will just roll on – doing things the way you do it but with the changes that parenthood brings yeah of course I just don't want to um end up because I I get a bit you know when being a mum is somebody's only identity yeah that's I don't want that at all and that unfortunately that's how um people especially older generations I think perceive you perceive you yeah we've gone way off topic but it was good chat yeah it was a great chat yeah Yeah. hopefully I haven't (laughs) switched off by now (laughs) We'll start I think you've worked out that uh, I'm very calm and empathetic, and uh, Alicia can't give a fuck. So pretty much, no. It's just it's it's amazing <laughs> to me that we've gone and looked at okay, well, what personalities end up in which specialty, and then we've gone, oh well, it's fucking right because yeah, you have high functioning and you're chilled out. Yeah, I don't know. Well, if that's no, correct, but but, you but know, I just like mean like we fit the mold almost perfectly for where we are yeah. in life and and what our goals are and even and if it took me twenty years to get there and what attracts <laughs> us to the areas we work in, I think and what attracts me to being an like a manager like or yeah. an ANAM or an after as manager is it is that single serving friendship yeah. or that that short lived kind of relationship yeah. with patients and it is that 
um, that turnover and, and achieving outcomes quickly and that's yeah. what rewards me. Yeah. And then yours, it's just so interesting that it's so to a T yeah. of, of what um, the studies have said and, and what these personalities are, um, tests are telling us. It's like I think if people are struggling with deciding on a specialty, you could ha- just have a look at your personality and see what drives you and see what gives you energy, mm. what do you thrive on. Um, what goals do you have now? Uh I don't really have any goals at the moment. <laughs> I think I need to Aimless do... bitch. <laughs> no, I think I um, need to do a post-grad in cancer nursing. Yeah, for sure. Um, uh, and I'll probably look at doing that this year. I have enrolled uh, three times and never followed through <laughs> with that because of COVID and everything last year. Slack. And it's a lot of money to commit, as you said, mm. but I can't see myself leaving cancer nursing no, exactly for a long right. time. You know that Because I want to hit yeah. the time at the hospital to get my long service sleep. Yeah, girl. We really wanted to travel in America for like two months, but uh, probably not going no, to America. No, not till twenty twenty six. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I, I'm interested. I think I can't wait in to see. No, I was going to say I can't yeah. wait to see after you've had Bob and you go back to work mm-hmm. and see how things really change for you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So thanks for listening, and we've probably spent the last twenty minutes not talking just about personalities, but we just had a good chat. Well, kind of did. I think you guys like that. So. <laughs> um, Maybe they don't. We don't know what's coming up next, actually. I think our next episode's up in the air depending on whether we can get our guest on board. Yeah, absolutely. So watch this space or watch our Instagram. We'll tell, yeah. you, what, we'll tell you what the next episode <laughs> will be on our Instagram. We're not very organised. Can you tell? Instagram is at Two Humorous Nurses Podcast or you can email us at humorousnurses at gmail.com. That's humorous like the bone. H-U-M-E-R-U-S. <laughs> Bye. Bye. <laughs>